Hi guys and welcome to Waiting in the Wings with me, Lucy and Anthony, live from, from lockdown. lockdown. Hello everybody and welcome to the fourth and final episode of Waiting in the Wings uh, live from lockdown. Uh, for those of you who have not listened to the podcast before, uh, we are two musical theatre lovers and celebrate everything to do with musical theatre. So thought we would set up this wonderful podcast to speak about everything to do with the wonderful world of musical theatre in the West End and London. Uh, this is our last episode of the series, our fourth episode, and we have this uh, season been particularly looking at streamed theatre and sort of the impact that they've been having on the theatrical world right now in this coronavirus pandemic. How was your lockdown week this week? We're out. We're out of lockdown. Are we out? Is it any different? We're out I'm so confused. Of lockdown. Um, well, the shops don't seem, apart from the fact that obviously there's closed shops opening, the shops seem pretty much the same. Um, I feel like nothing's changed. Well, the pubs are open. Yeah, but like, I still don't have any friends to go see, so. True. <laughs> well, maybe once you like go to a restaurant or go to a pub, it'll feel different. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people on like the high street complaining about how everyone's really close. But then also everyone was out shopping anyway because Christmas is coming. And also they needed to get stuff like as something to do like you would go to the shops as something to yeah do i think it's because again like we're still not back in the theater world working yet so it still feels very much like we're still in limbo yeah i also feel like we're just not like we've been nothing for a while now we are nothing we are literally nothing how's your lockdown week um yeah it was okay actually i've just been trying to get like bits and pieces done you know especially because we're coming out of lockdown now we've got to feel productive like we're heading towards the productive 2021 and that we've got projects on the horizon I think that's really what my goal of this week has been um have I been catching up with any musical theatre content not particularly I've been listening to Guys and Dolls this week that's been my musical of the week this week I can't remember if I said it was last week but um it wasn't uh this week uh yeah which and it's been good I've enjoyed it it's got some bops in it obviously luck be a lady uh sit down you rock in the boat sit down you're rocking the boat what about you have you been you've obviously how's i'm a celeb were you happy with the finale, finale? i haven't watched the full finale yet oh um, you know who wins though yeah mo was eliminated um mo i was rooting for you we were all rooting for you <laughs> how dare you um but i'm glad that uh mama g won i'm a celebrity is now finished for another year maybe next year they'll be back in australia hopefully if they're back in australia and the theater still haven't opened then we have a problem i wonder whether they'll do like a tour of the world now so next time they'll be in like i don't know some like that would maybe be they'll cool. be an american South diner Africa. next time or something mm. and they have to eat like a rotten burger or something that would be interesting <laughs> All right, so this is our last week and there is no other way to finish this Live From Lockdown podcast without doing the behemoth of a show that is Rent. Rent Live. No, it's not Rent Live. Rent Live was that kind of dodgy production that they did in the States with like Valentina and Vanessa, Vanessa Hudgens. Hudgens. Um, again, cast that... twice in that show as different roles. She's versatile, at least. What, she played Maureen? And... Oh no, she played Mimi, didn't she, first? And then, and she, then played she played Maureen, Maureen in Rent yeah. Live. Um, but I mean, luckily this version didn't have a guy breaking his leg the in the dress rehearsal, so they had to, so luckily they could actually film it as they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those of you who are not familiar with Rent, and you really should be if you're a musical theatre lover slash listening to this podcast, um, Rent is one of the best musicals ever created, in my opinion. Oh. Um, 
A couple of bits of pieces of facts about it. So the show itself is actually based on uh, the famous opera by Puccini called La Boheme. The show itself has had like a crazy history. And obviously mm. we did Rent a couple of years ago, so we know a lot about it and sort of the, the way that the sort of story went down. But it first appeared in uh, the New York Theatre Workshop in 1996, which unfortunately the writer, Jonathan Larson, passed away on the opening preview, wasn't it? Uh, so there's already this crazy impact of his sort of legacy being left on the production, um, especially as the piece looks at this idea of, you know, no day but today and him... I think him passing away added that sort of extra impact onto what the story was telling, but quickly moved into the Nederlander Theatre uh, on Broadway in 1998 again. Um, and then it closed in 2008, so it had a 12-year run. Uh, 5,000 runs it clocked in at, I mean, just over. Um, and then again has had, like, many, many revivals in the uh, after. And but, a movie musical. And a movie mm-hmm. musical, obviously, that came out, but also a stage film which we have watched about a million times with yeah. um who's which in is that also very different yeah who's in that will chase is in that um uh what's her name from hamilton uh renee, renee. yeah exactly yeah. so many amazing people in that recording of it if you haven't watched that as well you need to watch it because it's amazing um but finally it opened in the uk in shaftesbury theater in 1998 but then closed in 1999 so it didn't really have that long a run uk where you year at? and a half i know letting us down um but then it wasn't revived until 2013 where it went on tour which is i believe where I saw it last, I think. No, 2013. That would have been way earlier. No, I would have been like, You yeah, saw it in like 2017. Yeah, yeah, around about with, that. that. It was, was the tour with Lucy Jones and Leighton Williams. Which, in your opinion, was fantastic. Amazing. Yeah. It was amazing, yeah. Great. Uh, so this is a streamed production. It was streamed at uh, the Hope Mill Theatre, which is in Manchester. Yeah. Uh, they do a lot of really cool stuff, don't they? I mean, they uh, they work a lot with musicals and sort of new work, but I think it's a really fantastic regional theatre, sort of similar to The Barn in how they have uh, such a good backing behind them from their communities, but also like, I guess, like nationwide fan base as well. I also think sometimes people think when they hear the name regional theatre that it's um, specifically for the community that it's in. Yeah. Um, and and it's not, it's this thing that gets glimpses of London, but it can't actually um, live up to any of the London theatres. But actually, it's not that at all. It's its its own entity in its own theatre world. And it, the producing, pr- things keep getting produced, things keep getting created there, as well as like things like um, the watermill, for example. Like, it's not just something that mm. is in this tiny well, little they, bubble. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was Amelia that was... Uh, sorry, not Amelia, Amelie, that got taken from Watermill. So there's a lot of fantastic things being produced as well, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of cool that those regional theatres have been the ones that have been pushing through the pandemic most mm-hmm. rather than London. Um, so just a quick disclaimer again, obviously there are spoilers ahead. I mean, I hope everyone's seen Rent again, but, you know, if you haven't, you might want to check out another podcast first. Um, and these obviously are our own opinions again. Uh, Theatre is obviously subjective. So just be aware that these are uh, coming from our minds and not everyone else in the world's. So, uh, do you want to chat about how this uh, show was set up, Lucy? How yes. sort of, was it similar to anything we've seen before, I guess? So, structurally, obviously, we had the 7.30 login and you had to watch it at 7.30. Well, you got the link from 7.30, but you could stop and pause it yep. throughout the two and a half hours, however long it was on. Um, and it had a nice pre, like, little, it's time for the show in 30 minutes. Um, but it didn't have a timer or anything like that. Um, but it was just some information about the theater and what they've been doing in lockdown, you know, fundraising links, the whole shablam. Um, I really did like the fact that um, you could stop and pause it because there is things that happen in the home, which I don't think we've discussed yet on the podcast, is like people come to the door or your phone rings or like, you know, things that 
you have you know that are immediately they need to be answered now whereas if you're watching something live in a theater those distractions aren't there so it is a lot easier to just focus in on the actual piece that you're watching but when you're in the home you do have these comfortabilities you know like your washing might be done and you someone else needs to do washing so it's things that are nice that be able to stop and pause it uh, which i think is great for live theater big tick from me um we also watched it a little bit differently we had it on a projector so the screen was a lot bigger and also we darkened the room which i felt really helped the (laughs) ambiance Um, I felt like we were in. We were very bohemian with we that, were. our aesthetic that evening. Yeah, we were. Very Rent-esque. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed the whole um, process of watching this one. Um, the interval was 30 seconds, so very similar to but, Hamilton. But also, again, you, you can have pause a 15 as, minute yeah. interval. 45 minute interval, if you wished. Yeah. Um, what about you? What did you think was different? Yeah, well, I mean, it was a very, it was a very similar setup to Marry Me a Little yeah. in the way that we sort of watched that. So uh, previously recorded uh, and then obviously streamed out to audiences, but via like a, you know, like a secret code that only the people that have it can or bought tickets can access. So yeah, sort of, as you said, we got the, the, um, the link half an hour before the show began. And then you could, you had something like a four hour time frame to like watch it in. So it meant that even if you couldn't make it at 7.30, you could watch it at eight and watch it all the way through. So I thought that was quite nice. And I think it, it easily manoeuvres around people's schedules because you had work. Mm. So like if it had started bang on seven, like we wouldn't have been able to watch it. Yeah. Um, but luckily because you got back and then we had that time to just, you know, chill around and get dinner and stuff. That it meant we could start at 7.30 and not have to worry about being like, oh my God, we're not going to make the show or we're yeah. not going to. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was kind of interesting in that respect, but I don't think there was anything, uh, very different about the way it was filmed in uh, in comparison to Marry Me a Little. It's sort of very much, you know, that very cinematic storytelling. It's mm-hmm. very similar to the way that Hamilton's filmed, very similar to the way that um, uh, Rent, when it was done, originally was filmed. You know, a lot of the big yeah. sort of West End shows when they're streamed, like how they're doing on... Uh, the show must go on on YouTube and stuff like that. So yeah, it was uh, it was done in an interesting way, I thought. I do will say, though, that there was not a lot of um, close-ups like honed in close-ups in terms of like the people and around the side of the stage yeah. so that's obviously a little spoiler was that there was um the rest of the ensemble was around the action what was happening and like honing in on those sections you were looking at from a distance but i didn't mind that i yeah, not, enjoyed yeah. the fact that you were very much in a seat where the audience would sit does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Like, your, your the camera like that, actually, positioning, yeah. you saw a lot of what was happening on stage. And, you know, again, with the whole Hamilton thing, like, I would have loved to see it live. Like, I would have loved to have felt the energy and the electricity, like, being in the theatre when this production was put on. And also to be able to let my eyes wander yeah. um, a little bit more to, like, the outside... Like, to have a more close-up view of what was happening on the outside. But this lens allowed my eyes to wander to the background a little bit more than marrying me a little, which... Definitely, especially when others were singing solos, because there's only two of them, the camera was very much fixed on the person that I was singing. It was still quite into an intimate production as well. I feel like mm. the way that they filmed it is that you were part of the action rather than watching it. I, I do sometimes feel with Hamilton, when you watch it, you do feel like you're at the theatre and with this, you know, proscenium arch that that is still sort of there that you're split away from the action. Whereas I feel like with this production, you're you're way more in it. And I think that sort of helped with the the audience being not the audience the cast sitting around the production and you feeling like you were the like fourth (laughs) section of that audience um but yeah no I think I read a little article about it um which Luke Shepard wrote himself that said that they only had a couple times to record it so they had like one time to like run it all the way through with an audience in there and then they had like minimal time to do pickups so that's probably why there's not as many of those pickup close-up shots because they really had to try and get everything with however amount of cameras they had 
in the time that they did. I like that though, yeah. especially with the, with the reason why we last uh, week when we were talking about um, Fiverr, when we talked about the liveness of the experience. Like I kind of like the fact that oh, like they only could do this once, so like they could only do this a few times because yeah. then what you're watching is someone who's physically going through the motions of doing an entire show. Like it's rare to see like someone sweating in like mm. in Hamilton or in Newsies. There are some moments we see it. Um, David Diggs very sweaty, very sweaty. Lo- Love the hard work. Jonathan Groff, very spitty. Very spitty. <laughs> um, but I kind of like that because it shows that their body is going through the the strip. The, it, it's, yeah, it's yeah, not it's like they've spent like a week filming it where they've been like, okay, we're going to do the first two songs up. today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's two sort of ends to the argument because there is that excitingness to it and you also have that sort of then on the other end, that debate of like being losing really important moments of the story and especially with Rent where it's so important to catch every single moment because the characters don't have a lot of time to really... Uh, connect with you especially in the first act they're sort of in and out in and out in and out constantly Um, but I think yeah you're you're completely right that they sort of uh, were able to do that to the best ability that they did with the equipment and the resource that they had to be able to tell that fantastic story but still make it feel like it was happening on the spot and Mm. you know live so what things did you love about the show? Chat about all the all the fantastic positives. Well, I think we have to begin with just the visual of this show. Yeah, like completely. the visual storytelling. And as you know, we've spoken about this on po- the podcast before as Luke uh, Shepard is not a uh, unfamiliar face to well, us. Well, he, he has been our most reviewed director because we did Adrian Mole and we did Anne Juliet. Well done, Luke Shepard. Um, and obviously we know from both of those, he's loving a square. He likes to create the illusion <laughs> yes. of like a box or, you know, it's very much... The- a, a theatrical space a where theatrical the, the world space. can be yeah. performed in, yeah. And um, the visual storytelling in terms of the colours and the costuming. And we spoke about this before the podcast, but we were saying about the the design in general is really trying to modernise, I feel like. There's not yeah. a lot of 90s inspired. There's still a high-waisted like mom jeans or, you know, like the baggy t-shirts. But in terms of like the rent aesthetic that we all know and love, you know, Mimi and the blue pants and the yeah. black leather top... All of that is kind of modernized and it's made a bit more, um, it's just a different aesthetic. It's more yeah. of like the grunge, like late two, 2000s era rather than like the early 90s, which I feel Interesting. like was... Interesting. I'm not much of a fashion person myself, but that yeah, that definitely makes sense. <laughs> Um, but no, I think I think what as well was interesting is this definite pull away from what Rent is known as. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a production of Rent where they've not done it with the sort of like you know construction bars and you know Mimi with the the blue pants and the... an angel with the um, Santa. Yeah, like, exactly. And light, I think yeah. I think it was really fantastic to see someone go. You know what? This fantastic piece of theatre which has been staged millions and millions of times and been seen all around the world. I'm going to change it up a bit. And like, I mean. Uh, we have an affinity with Rent that is like unbelievable because we did it a couple of years ago in uni. So we have that respect for the show. And it is so, so difficult to pull yourself away from what you know the show to be. But I really, really enjoyed the fact that I could watch it in a sort of new respect and maybe learn some different things that I didn't necessarily know or establish for the characters before. I think, fortunately for this production, that that's especially in these aesthetics that it... Uh, it was able to really, you know, switch the show up a bit and, and tell a different story. And especially a show that's all about um, celebration of love and intimacy and friendship as well. The fact that the audience were sat around the edges, it added that like 
Um, we are performing the show, um, but we're also very much invested in like the linear. It was didn't really play a lot on like the um, the meta. Are we in a show? Are we performing a show? Whatever. But it did definitely blur the lines at a couple of moments. You know, when yep. they cheered at the beginning and for, the mics and the yep. mics and the ending. I feel although it was quite ambiguous. What were they performing as their characters? Were they? You know, there was a few like hints to the current um, climate that we're in. For example, in Ma- Maureen's. Um, over the moon, she had, you know, that, you know... Yes, closed, which who would have thought? Who would have thought? all the bars down, like, bars and troughs. Everything's and... being taken off over by cyberspace. Yeah, exactly, which was very poignant to this world that we're living in. Um, and I think it really added to that sense of um, the theatrical like visually showing all the themes of the piece yeah with, with all the like the, uh, yeah artist versus you know the sort of what's the word the artist versus the corporate you know the connection intimacy love all of that um moving so moving on from that i guess one of the fantastic things and you mentioned it about the sort of uh, around the edges and the, the themes around covid is the the movement of the piece as well yes. um which is definitely one of the massive standouts this was choreographed by um tom jackson greaves um but you are the 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 dancer amongst the two of us so i don't know whether you want to comment a little bit about this because it was very very different to anything i've anywhere i've seen rent before and also just choreography in general i think yeah definitely i felt like it was definitely had inspiration from a contemporary background and also kind of like postmodernist dance i was feeling at some points where the movement is is telling and also critiquing the dance form itself especially when you think of musical theater as like a a genre of dance like it it was breaking those boundaries and combining using the dance to tell the story in in a very different way like for example the bit that stands out to me is um the man um who was played by the gorgeous uh beth and terry she did this kind of like contemporary movement piece as this drug dealer the man and i was like that's so interesting to present that in a way that he's like controlling them you know everyone was following him you know controlling the space dominating the stage or how he dominates their lives that they need this yeah so it's a very interesting um yeah and i think it really added to the people around the edge as well i think with this idea that we're communicating community Mm -hmm. and uh, a constant impact on everyone's story as well i think is something important too um that the movement going around the edge just added to that sense of these are a group of people who are going through this together and you know you're never quite alone on stage even though like uh the fantastic moments you know with roger where he felt so isolated in uh one song glory and will i yet there were all these people still around him i mean i know they use that device in a different way in Mm -hmm. will i but again the although these characters sometimes have moments of you know isolation they were never by themselves Mm -hmm. and there was always their community there even if they didn't realize it exactly and i think that also leads on to something that kind of we've spoken about in other shows which was obviously we are in the covid pandemic of 2020 and they played with not touching and touching as a, a rule that they used obviously for covid friendly and with a show like rent what were your expectations when there obviously there is lines like mimi and roger share a kiss the you know i'll cover you is obviously such this beautiful outpouring and in every rendition you see this embrace that these two um these two people just love each other and you know all the kissing and hugging and all the thing that they talk about in rent like what were your expectations of this show well i think it's a really fantastic idea to play with especially with the show and the coronavirus pandemic i think obviously it's we've we've got to be careful not to compare the coronavirus pandemic with the aids pandemic they have two very separate things but i do really like this idea of using using the the medium of 
social distancing <laughs> to be able to tell a story that relates to what these characters might have been going through at the time because obviously with the AIDS pandemic and the stigmas that were around that uh, there are definitely some characters in that show that would have some sort of issues potentially with uh, contact and intimacy and I think that really uh, fantastically intertwines with the characters of like Mimi and uh, Joanne and Maureen and Roger who also have all this baggage around their sort of characters who they they feel like they're unable to connect with the loved ones and the people that they meet on the story because they hold all this stuff from you know their previous uh, plot points and stuff like that um, so I think especially for that moment that we have with uh, Roger and Mimi it's fantastic to see this this feeling like they want to touch they need they want it they want to do it they want to do it but something's holding them back until that last moment in La Vibo when where they decide actually we're in the same position together we need to throw away this baggage that we have to you know move on and live the rest of this life that you know may be extremely short it may be extremely long but you know it's better lived with someone else um and I really love that and I think it's tricky as well because you could see them throwing in as many elements of social distancing as they can because you know you have to in this time it's 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 I know I, I think one of the rules that they had was to only touch if they had to which was in the article that I was reading um sometimes it translated a bit oddly with characters like um Collins and Angel um but I still think overall it sort of lent to this really interesting idea of you know intimacy and what what that means to people and when people feel like they can finally be intimate with one another what what about you well i feel like there was there's a bigger conversation about like love languages at the minute which has really been pr- quite prevalent in the media of like what is your love language and like this yeah. is, they obviously had to translate like what are those characters love languages and how do they communicate with one another and i feel like the intimacy of uh, a kiss was definitely transported to the hands and I feel like hands were a very big motif that they used um throughout the piece so like there was the grabbing of the hands the touching of the hands the swirling of the hands (laughs) the wrapping of the hands um and I feel like they definitely effectively communicated that although they couldn't kiss each other the hands kind of um, you weren't left worrying or not that's not the right word you weren't left upset that the characters couldn't embrace um, in a, a way that we would consider normal this became the new normal and it was this game and it was beautiful to see the way that they played with it and the way that they made it work when obviously this is we don't know though if this this show um, how much social distancing would have impacted it like would they have still performed it similarly like this I think pre-pandemic yeah, or I don't know. not. It's just interesting because Rent again is you. You feel like it should be such an intimate show, like there should be touching all the time because yeah. it's all. It's all about that. It's all and that's about what all Rent's ever known. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we, especially with what they did and what they, what they were given, I think it was a really fantastic exploration of, of that idea. While the cast, it's quite a. A behemoth of a cast as well there's quite a lot oh of really goodness. sort of you know big names in the industry and people that um have done a lot of really fantastic work yeah um before along with some new names who yeah. we've never heard of but again were just as fantastic yeah you know? i think especially when you're approaching this show um because obviously comparatively to fiverr last week which was a brand new musical and it was great to see all these um amazing characters and this eclectic range of people portraying many different roles these roles are kind of in a similar stead, but very, very different because these roles have been performed by many different people over many, many different yeah, years. And a lot of quite prolific, yeah. Like the fact that the movie musical um, recasted the very first Rent cast. Unheard of now. Would on, never happen would now. Would never happen now. But because of they felt that these 
these people epitomise these characters and there's legend. I mean, the Broadway version that we are treasure to our hearts, obviously Renee Girlsbury, like I remember when I watched her first play Mimi and I was just like, oh my goodness, like this role literally looks like it was written, yeah. produced, directed for her. Like she, it's incredible. And to try and deal with that and also to find something special about the way that you played yeah, this role. Completely. And I think these actors, all of them, brought something a little bit of themselves to these roles and that what made this production so special to me. Uh, and again, going off this idea of really pulling away from what we know Rent to be, I think that was one of the fantastic things that I have definitely have to say about this cast is that none of them played uh, Idina Menzel playing Maureen. Yes, none exactly. of them played Anthony Rapp playing Mark. None of them played Adam Pascal playing Roger. Yeah. Um, which I think is so difficult to do because you just fall into that because that's what we know Rent rent to be easier yeah audiences are going to be expecting that and you don't want to get a bad review like with any theater you want this show is so loved by so many and you wouldn't want to disappoint the thousands of fans millions of fans who love this show so to have that risk and to try and really take something of yourself and bring it to the role that's really scary as an actor to do that so that's why i think this is an incredible feat yeah, completely. And I, I have to particularly shout out the ensemble as well, because normally it's, I believe it's seven ensemble. Mm-hmm. That's And they did it in four. Uh, and how, oh God, how knows how many ensemble roles there are. There's probably about 10 to 15 ensemble yeah. roles. Uh, if that, I mean, well, And as well minimum. as being like a um, strong dance ensemble as well. Which... And yeah, I think all of these four stood out in their particular chosen discipline, as well as all of them completely, like Bethan and Isaac's yeah. dancing. Oh my goodness, so good, so, so good. Like every time there was any movement sequence, I was right to them. Um, Ali in her performance and um, and their, um, you know, the way their voice, I think was a beautiful. That's that, comedic timing as yeah, well. Yeah, completely, com- completely. So um, yeah, uh, and obviously Kayla's uh, fantastic Seasons of Love iconic riff moment was was really, really good. And I really, really enjoyed seeing them not fade into the background, but also stand out as their own individuals as well. I also love that they, in the credits, uh, were called Featured Ensemble as well, all of them. Uh, yeah, I just think overall it was a really, really fantastic uh, mesh of cast as well. And also I didn't feel myself, because I know quite a few of them from like six mm-hmm. and... Uh, you know, be more chill, and and I don't feel like they necessarily like fell into like playing themselves all the time. So, no, no, I don't think they did as well. And also, if you've got an expectation, especially the the Maya and Millie from Six, they have fierce fandoms. So I think fans watching them perform would be really, really proud to see the journey that if they have come from like literally two years ago, starting on that little regional, not regional, like not little, but regional, massive yeah. regional tour of six doing Edinburgh Fringe to now being in this fantastic production of this show that has just touched millions. I think they should be really proud of themselves. So we have obviously been watching four fantastic streamed theatre I thought we'd just spend some time saying about our theatre highlights. So let's do three things mm-hmm. that really have, over the four episodes we watched, stood out for you as things that you really, really loved and enjoyed about watching streamed theatre. About the, the whole, process the, and yeah, all, the all of All of them, and then all four productions that we've looked at. What are the three things that have really stood out for you as, a, as an audience member? So I'm going to go... The first one is an overall thing that all four shows did, yeah. was the fact that theatre continues to push boundaries yeah. and that it reinvents itself. Um, it reminds me of... I just did a show of The Limit by Freya Smith and Jack Williams, and there's a song... There's a ly- the song lyric in the song that ends that says... Um, if we wish to 
create then we must innovate or something about something about that it's about if we go through hard times theater can easily be like kicked off and the innovation of trying to do these shows and stream them and having them live and these are the things that weren't this time last year this wasn't our thing yeah and i i love that we constantly try and do bigger and better to continue the industry because it's so important the second thing um i did love fiverr's use of the live the technology the virtualness being live electricity um and i love that show in general how it's giving a chance to have new productions um put on the internet for more audiences to see them and hopefully it'll encourage people to turn up to the Southwark Playhouse and see a new musical and know that it's not a risk that these shows need to be the ones that audiences are going to see because it's how we get new work out there like if people didn't go see Six at the Edinburgh Film Festival it wouldn't have um, gotten to um, the West End so that's my second thing and then my third thing is just actually no two things I'm gonna think you do your first two things <laughs> okay so yeah um again i think i agree sort of with the first thing but i'm going to go more innovation into the form and the way that you present the show i think as well so again like title of show not being on a stage and doing how they filmed that i thought was absolutely fantastic um again the streamness i thought was brilliant of fiverr my second thing uh, my highlight would have to be the fiverr interval i thought that was hilarious and i mean like even as like you could tell that alex was dying himself on stage it just felt so live and theatrical which is what i really really loved so there's my first two my third uh what would my third be i think it is being able to see more work uh, theatrical work online and being granted the opportunity to watch regional shows mm. that I wouldn't have been able to catch before. I yeah. think that's what I really enjoyed about, especially with Marry Me a Little and Rent. I wouldn't have been able to catch them normally. I thought of my third thing. <laughs> so my third thing is a highlight. It's an actor highlight. It's Jenna Russell's interpretation of the <laughs> woman I've gone. Oh my God, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Because honestly, that was probably the most funny thing I've seen all year. It was absolutely hilarious. Ah, oh, throwback. Um, so if you're a producer, Lucy, I'm going to get you to put your producer slash director hat on. And you are going to create for us okay. a piece of streamed theatre. It's hybrid form, whatever you want. You can take mm-hmm. any ideas from the four we've watched or any ideas that are in your own head. What would you believe would create the best piece of streamed theatre in your mind? What show? Not not show, not production, but what would you like to see in the way that, the, like, I guess the process and the way that it's uh, produced? Right. So, I would love it to be live. I agree. I'm with you there. Um, I would like that it to be a very intimate production, kind of like Fiverr and in Rent in a way. Um, I like the Breaking the Fourth Wall, a show that reaches out to the audiences that are set at home and really invites them in. I also don't mind... If it was a hybrid in terms of the fact there is audience half capacity and it's also being streamed, I would wonder oh, how that would work. Oh, interesting, yeah. As well. And also, like, it might be a bit difficult in terms of applause, so I might have to go back on that one. Um, see people at home just, like, stop clapping. Yeah. <laughs> Get on the show. Um, I would definitely have, like, a countdown. I love a countdown till the 7.30 yeah. or whatever. But I do like the rents four hour slot how you can watch it the, yeah. the pause i think it just made me feel not as anxious when i'm in the home i can still do other things um and also with uh marry me a little how it gave you 24 hours so maybe i would do like a 24 hours but like there's still a countdown at, and maybe just do everything i've got yeah. a limited budget obviously i'm being produced <laughs> by 
Cameron himself, Cameron McIntosh. So I would do like a little 30 minute countdown where it's like fun. Might do like a few, I don't know, like maybe, could there be like a documentary? Like not a documentary, but like a little. I think that would be so interesting. Like a, this is how we did, like a process documentary. Yeah. Or in the or in the interval, something to watch in the interval. Oh yeah, that would um, be cool. Of how the show was made. Maybe not in the interval because you'd be like, oh, you've ruined all the secrets. But like afterwards maybe. Yeah. Um. I definitely quite like live. I think Fiverr pretty much sums up what I would love to see from stream theatre. If you were to merge Fiverr with Rent Mm -hmm. and give me the live recording that I could still watch 24 hours after advance. So you have, you can watch it live if you want to and you can buy the tickets to watch it live. Yeah. But I like that you, like let's say that you work evenings every night that you can still watch the production even if you can't catch it live in the moment. Um, you know sometimes how they do like pre- like they do like live things on YouTube and then you can watch the live even though it's technically not live anymore. Yeah. Um, sort of like that, but I definitely think that I would love it to start as a live piece, which you can go back and watch if you weren't able to. Yeah. Um, and I, I I wonder yeah whether with big budgets and lighting whether that is something that could be possible because we haven't seen that done yet. Obviously we saw a sort of more minimalist version with Fiverr. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to check out obviously Adam Lenson stuff because I know he's doing a lot of streamed work that's quite uh grand in uh scale now. I think a lot so. of his stuff is hybrid as well they, uh, in terms of having an audience and it also being streamed. Insane. Later Insane. On down the line. Great, so final sum up of thoughts uh, about streamed theatre. Do you personally feel like your thirst for theatre has been quenched over lockdown? Positives and potentially maybe some uh, food for thought. My thirst uh, is never quenched, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it's definitely been sprinkled with a bit of salt, a little bit of pepper um, with these amazing shows, Um, but I'm just itching to get back and see Come From Away five times. Um, <laughs> to see a live performance. I just yeah. want to be there where someone cracks. I just want to be uh, there when someone forgets their line. Like, oh. It will never be the same, but I, I hope that f- maybe potentially in the future there's sort of like two parallel lines that are moving together. So you have that live theatre, but you also have some stream theatre opportunities as well. Because like, it's been so interesting to watch all these fantastic stream shows. And like, we've spoken about it a million times, but this idea of having a... a a performance you can go watch but if you can't watch it or you can't catch it because it's too far away mm-hmm. or you can't afford it it can go online so well i would love for example some of the shows new shows that go to broadway or off broadway <gasps> if they started streaming Could to the you uk imagine? like honestly i think i'd never leave my room and that go leave my room go to the theater to watch something in this country come back and then you can watch the broadway like oh i'd just be it would be you amazing could finally watch beetlejuice <laughs> finally <laughs> But yeah, I think that would be incredible. And also like ticket prices, I know there was a whole um, debate on Twitter the other day about how um, rent prices were, I think it was like £25 for one stream and some people were saying it was too high and Hope Mill isn't um, a massive theatre that's probably had a lot of money from the government ploughed into it so I did not I did not even question the £25 we only spent £12 on that between the two of us I mean I understand if you're like living by yourself but like also get friends (laughs) like and I think also it's like just taking risks like be more open to watching new things on the internet So we're going to move on to our last section of the podcast now, which is our little awards section. So uh, we're going to start off with the star of the show. So this goes to a member of the cast that you thought particularly stood out. I'm going to go first this week because you always get to go first with the star of the show. Um, I think that I am going to go for... It's going to have to be Dom Hartley Harris. Purely 
because of I'll Cover You reprise. Um, I love that song and his voice is like chocolate. Um, And I think that he is incredible and really great storyteller as well and so natural in his performance um so yeah purely for that one song it's gonna have to go to dom okay so i have a joint one because i couldn't decide so my first one is ali daniel yeah i thought their comedic storytelling i thought their presence on stage was just unchallenged i just completely every single time that they took to the stage i was like yes 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 i just hit the microphone because i'm celebrating i thought it was absolutely fantastic movement wise acting wise singing wise beautiful and then my second one it is tied with tom francis who played roger because he's so sexy Um, (laughs) no i'm kidding well he is but that's the point um i i think roger is a really difficult role because when you think of musical theater stereotypes you've got the um the tortured tortured white straight man (laughs) and roger is the epitome of the tortured white straight man but i think uh his voice was (laughs) delicious yeah and um i just think he is a very complex character as roger and i think also it's very easy for him to be an unlikable character oh completely um completely. and i was fully rooting for his story from that first um guitar do 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 in the very opening number uh great and our backstage here now this goes to someone who is working behind the scenes uh, to get the show up and on its feet um I feel like we're going to go for the same person, but I'll let you go first. Really? Yeah. I think we're going for the same person. I'm scared. I think we should say it at the same time. Okay. Three. I think, I don't, I don't think I'm Okay, going, you go I'm first and you go first then. And I'll, but okay. I want to do it at the same time. Okay. okay. Three, two, one. Howard Hudson. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> go on then. Go on then. Um, so I, I went for Pearson Casting. We've never done casting before. No, we actually haven't. Um, but I thought this um, particular production... Am I okay? <laughs> this particular production's casting is saying a lot about the way that we should continue to cast shows. Oh my god, yeah. Um, in terms of everything, um, and especially in musical theatre, which I think needs to change. Mm. Like something is Hamilton started to shift it. Six is starting to shift it. Rent. And guess who cast six? Pearson casting. casting. Pearson casting. That is my. And we've never done that before. So shouting out. Yours is... Howard Hudson, lighting designer. Beautiful. I don't know what you thought about this, but every production of lighting that I see, the lighting is fantastic in creating an atmosphere. But I felt like this production of Rent, it felt like a comic book. Like, like the vibrancy of the colours was mm. unbelievable. Like, I felt like every single scene I was watching, I was in a different world. Like, it wasn't even a thing of like, oh, I get it this is the inside of an apartment because it's like a bit cold, you know, it's a bit a like... warm wash. You know, like, it was, oh my God, it was insane. And even in the photos, like the richness of the colours, like, you know, when Angel's like passing and uh, Mimi's trip, I'm like, well, how are there this many colours on stage? Yeah. Like, surely this isn't possible. And it, it feels like something taken out of a comic book, out of an animation, out of like a feature of cinematic film. Like, it's just insane. And I mean, Howard Hudson's done a lot before. I wouldn't be able to list what those things are. Um, but incredible absolutely incredible best lighting design i think i've ever seen i'm calling it now brilliant so we have come to the end of our last live from lockdown grab your tissues guys it's been a journey hasn't it lucy it has been a journey and we've been stuck with one another every single day every minute of every single day and you guys obviously oh make sure you subscribe to the podcast first obviously you can subscribe to us on anchor 
Spotify. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Or you could follow us. Uh, you can follow me, Anton Underwood, at uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. You can follow me at Lucy Helen Performing Arts or Lucy Elder 25 on Twitter. Um, or you can follow our production company at Taxi Man Productions on Facebook at Taxi Man Prod on Twitter and Taxi Man Productions on Instagram. We should have some really exciting news coming out with our new musical that we are currently producing. And there's going to be some little musical gifts to celebrate the winter season yes, coming indeed, very soon. Indeed, very, very exciting. Well, thank you so much for coming on this journey with us uh, through lockdown. It's been it's been quite nice to get back and, you know, watching some theatre again and chatting about it. I Hopefully feel a bit come revived. January, we'll be Hopefully. back with season we can, two and a half. We can finally finish off the five <laughs> episodes that we had from that series. Hopefully. Gosh, all those tickets that we have left in our inbox of re- what's it? Ka-ching, ka-ching. Yeah, ka-ching, ka-ching. <laughs> but uh, we hope you guys have a fantastic Christmas and uh, get back on your feet after this crazy lockdown part two. Um, and we hope to see you very soon in the future. Enjoy an eggnog on us. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye.